15. All of us love that chapter, right? That's a chapter that starts with, with saying, I am the true wine and uh, my father is the wine dresser and you are the branches, right? When you look through that uh, chapter, when we come to verses 14 and 15, listen, you, this is what Jesus told them. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. For But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So when Jesus called his 12 disciples originally, Jesus himself is acknowledging that they were at the status of the servants. Because they did not understand things of God much. And then Jesus had to work with them, talk to them, teach them constantly be in dialogue with them and impart fresh revelation after fresh revelation into their life for almost three years. When Jesus tells us this in John chapter 15, this is just a week or two before his crucifixion. Are you with me? So how long Jesus spent with his disciples? Three and a half years. So almost three and a half years it took for them to change their traditional thinking. All of us struggle with our traditional thinking too, right? So it, it, it took them almost three and a half years, even when Jesus himself was teaching them to change their traditional thinking because they always looked at themselves as servants, servants, servants. And prior to his crucifixion, about two weeks before his crucifixion, he's having a dialogue with his disciples and he's telling you, you're no longer servants. You guys didn't know that I changed your status. You know, you are my friends. And they couldn't understand that. They looked at Jesus and said, how can we be your friends? You are up there and we are down here. You are moving in the supernatural all the time and we are still struggling with our natural tendencies. So how can we be your friends? But Jesus said, that's not what makes you my friend. But it is what I have done for you that makes you my friend. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. It's not what we do for Jesus that makes us friends of Jesus, but it's what he has done for us that makes us his friends. Amen. And then Jesus said, but you didn't, in case you didn't know that, you didn't realize it yet. You notice that everything I have heard from my father, I have shared it with you. Amen. You don't go and share things with your strangers. Are you with me? Amen. Now, sometimes, you know, like you were just like, like when we just came back a couple of weeks ago from, from this uh, long mission trip, sometimes you are sitting in the plane, you know, um, like 10 hours, 12 hours in one stretch. And I was, in fact, I was thinking, I wish I, I knew this man who was sitting next to me so I could, I could strike a conversation with him. I am not a person who go and start a conversation with a stranger. That's not a good quality for a pastor, but I am, I am a little timid. Okay, so, so I don't just go and start a conversation with anybody. And I was thinking many times, multiple times I thought, I wish I knew this man so we could talk about something. Because he's staring at that screen, I'm staring in that screen, and then I get bored, then I close my eyes, then I try to sleep, then I look at the screen, then I get bored. And you know, you know why? Because we don't share things with strangers. Can you imagine God chooses to share things with you? 
Amen. Hallelujah. And in a couple of my weeks ago, in one of my messages, I shared with you that God actually wants to share things with us. He wants to show us things. We want, he wants us to hear his voice. He wants us to understand what is going on in his mind. Amen. And, but we cannot understand the mind of Christ. We cannot understand the mind of God. There's only one way we can get in there at this little bit. That's when he elevates us to the status of his friend. Amen. So you have to strike a friendship with God. You have to strike a friendship with Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, you need to strike a friendship with Jesus. Are you? Did you talk to him today? Did you talk to him this week? Amen. Did you wait for him to talk to you? Amen. See, Jesus said, that's, that's the definition of a friend. That's not my definition of a friend. That's his definition of a friend. Jesus said, if you truly have a friend, you share everything with that friend. And that's what I did. That's why I kept you tagging me, tagging along for three and a half years with me so that I can share everything that is in my heart with you. And now you know everything that I know. Thank God he did that. That's why we have a New Testament. That's why we have the Gospels. If he didn't do that, if he kept everything in his heart and, and just died on the cross and said, okay, I have done what I, have, you know, I came into the world for, we would not have the New Testament. He took time to share everything with them. And you know the first gospel that was written was the gospel of Mark. And it is completely the recollection of Apostle Peter. Apostle Peter. Because Mark was the nephew of Apostle Peter. So Peter shared it with Mark and Mark wrote it down. And, and that was the first gospel. So everything that we have in the Bible is because Jesus chose to share things with his disciples. And he elevated them to the level of friends. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I show you another thing? Another verse. Another verse that uh, often strike me is in Matthew chapter 28. You know, another famous chapter in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 28. If you look at Matthew chapter 28, you will see a big difference. You know, how the status changes or changed in history. First of all, in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 7, 7 this is uh, Jesus, not Jesus, the angel, all right, speaking to Mary Magdalene. And this is what the angel told her. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Before I have told you. So to the, to the angel, they are still disciples. They are just still followers of Christ, right? But look at that same chapter in verse 10. This is Jesus talking to Mary Magdalene. And this is what Jesus said. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. And there they will see me. You see what happened? You see the elevation in our status? When they started following Jesus, they were just servants. And then Jesus made them his friends. But then when Jesus went to the cross and died and resurrected as the firstborn. Hello, are you with me? Amen. When he resurrected as the firstborn of resurrection, guess what? We became our older brother. 
So today, you know who is Jesus? Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my master. Jesus is my friend. And Jesus is also my older brother. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. Then Apostle Paul became a Christian. He had that Jewish thinking. We know that prior to his conversion. But after he got converted, he got many direct revelations from Jesus Christ. And that completely changed him. And equipped him to write two-thirds of the New Testament. And when he got, when he got that revelation, he fully understood the church as a family of God. Listen, every household of faith is a household of God. And every house has a father. Are you with me? Amen. That's why we pray our father who art in heaven. Now, look at this. That's why... Jesus told us, I will never leave you as orphans. Why? Because you are part of his family. Hallelujah. You have a father. Amen. Sometimes we sing that beautiful song, I have a father. Amen. Who knows my name? Okay. Maybe we'll sing that song at the end of our service. What a beautiful song that is. So you are a household of faith. When we became a member of the church named Gateway Christian Center, you became member of a household of faith. And when you became a household of faith, you also became a household of God. Because this church is a household of God. This is a family of God on earth. And as a member of the household of God, you have a father and you can call upon that father, calling him my father, or, or we will look at it later. And even in the book of Romans, Apostle Paul again told us, call him Abba, father. You know, and because that, that we have that spirit in us, I will touch on that later. Okay, so, so you have to call him Abba, father, not God almighty, not Adonai, not Lord Yahweh. Because of a messianic Jewish influence in our Christian thinking today, I see a lot of Christians now praying Adonai, Adonai. No, no, no. No, that's a lower, lower level of addressing God. You have gone past that. God is not just your master. God is your father. Amen. So when you pray, pray Abba, Father. Call him Abba, Father. Amen. So let's say, say that statement one more time. Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Pray that prayer until it dawns in your heart it settles in your heart that God is your father Amen